This week, we're continuing Master of Crows by Grace Draven, otherwise known as More Bang for Your Book. Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. Welcome to part two, Master of Crows. Part two, the climax. In so many ways. <laughs> I, <laughs> we just went straight into that. Uh, <laughs> maybe we should and maybe we should explain the fact that we are recording all three parts of Master of Crows at once. Yeah. So we're still drunk. Uh, uh, and getting drunker <laughs> as the episodes progress. Yeah. So this even, is fun for you and I. Yeah. Even though uh, you're probably like sober on your way to work or something and you're like, oh, they, you know, a week ago we're drunk and now we're drunk again. <laughs> I would love to have like a book club reunion of all of our readers yes. together we could we could all meet at a bar talk about our favorite books yeah have you um there's a thing so it's on instagram um you go to it's like a special bar and everywhere in wears it's like a silent disco have you heard of that i've heard of that oh but um you wear headphones listen to music and everyone's just reading their own books and then you can like order drinks at the bar if you want um and you can take your headphones off and like talk to people but it's just like a silent disco but for reading what yeah if we ever have like a real life event that will be the first that sounds amazing i know are you all reading the same book or no is everybody's it, just like doing whatever they're just they all agree to go read at the same mm-hmm. place and like possibly interact with uh-huh. people yep it's like the option is there if you're feeling courageous See, i like <laughs> i like to be out and about but i don't necessarily like interacting Mm-mm. until yeah. i feel comfortable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep hmm. that's why it's yeah if we ever have an event uh it, it will have be to that be, a silent book disco. I love yeah. that. <laughs> there anyway, we go. <laughs> yeah. So that's our plan for, yeah. you know, the five to 10 years in uh, the future if yeah. this podcast is still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a good time to say thank you to all of our listeners, though, because we just hit the 1,000 downloads. That's mind boggling. We're so mm, happy dance for us. Uh huh. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. So thank you to anyone who has ever downloaded, um, listened to our crazy mumblings about books that we love. I love you. We love you. <laughs> Thank you. And hopefully here's to more like if you again, I just want to put out if you have a book that you oh, yeah. want us to talk about, please just give it to us. Yes. We're not just making it up when we say we want to hear from you. No, I 100% want to hear every thought. Even you- if it sucks. <laughs> if we hate your book, we'll still talk about it. Yes, we will. <laughs> but like, I just love having a conversation about these books. Like yeah. having that back and forth, even if you disagree with someone, mm-hmm. it's a shared experience, which yeah. I think is somewhat missing i think Mm -hmm. there's so much uh remote interaction that having those shared experiences becomes way more valuable yeah and sometimes you just read a book and you want to like scream about how good it is but there's like no one to scream at except your partner you can scream at us yeah 100 percent. i will be screamed at but not meanly because i will cry (laughs) (laughs) and if you make katie cry i will make you cry Uh, that should have been a shot, but that feels like a not good. <laughs> we probably shouldn't start off that strong yeah. for this episode. Okay. Master Anyways, Crows. Yes. We won't have as long of an intro for this part. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just get right into it. So yep. action. Action scene. Yes. Um, they have, well, they really, Silhara has decided that in order to find the missile, missing missile. Missile. Oh, oh. <laughs> to find the missile. The, <laughs> <Sorry. they're, laughs> 
Oh my god. Uh, Everything is fine. We can make it through. So <laughs> we I don't think we really explained uh very well in part one, which yeah. is what they're trying to do, which is Solhara is trying to find a way to defeat the god of corruption mm-hmm. because he cannot get a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only reason, but no, yes. <laughs> like corruption is evil, obviously, but Solhara is just he's the avatar on on Earth mm-hmm. and he feels like the closer or the more time that goes by, the weaker he becomes and mm-hmm. the more open to corruption's influence. And the stronger corruption gets. Yeah. So he's trying to find a way to defeat corruption and he's using Martise to research his library and find ways that corruption has been defeated in the past or a god similar to corruption has been defeated. Mm-hmm. And so what he has stumbled upon is there is a abandoned estate manor castle in the country somewhere. A keep. A keep. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, a keep. I don't know why that went so high. <laughs> uh, it felt right. Yeah. So the keep is populated by this demonic entity. A like. A lick. A, li- <laughs> a leech. <laughs> Uh, how do you say it? It might be a leech. See, I feel bad. Did you ever watch um, Adventure Time? No, I've never mm. even heard of it. Uh, that's not lichen. Like a werewolf? Plants. Oh. Oh? <laughs> lich. <laughs> what? what the fuck? Okay. Not what I would have thought. Uh, so a the, lich. The keep is populated by a demonic lich, which is there a definition for it? Typey, typey, typey. Lich define. Type, 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 type. Um, ASMR right now. Oh, uh, a dead body, a corpse used chiefly in combination. How to use it? <laughs> we don't need that. We don't need that in I our Google not. search history. <laughs> I do not need to be a necromancer. Uh, a type of undead creature. Okay, so it's like a zombie, only scarier. Yeah. And way and more powerful. It like sucks up your like soul. Soul. And keeps it trapped forever so you can never like retire into eternity. <laughs> Sorry. Jordan just <laughs> Oh my God. That was a little aggressive. I love the fact that you're like 100% like a Victorian woman, but you also have these moments of like, I will destroy you. <laughs> it kills me. Everything is fine. Anyway, a lich. Um... Uh, a lich. So it's a zombie-like yeah. creature that mm-hmm. is in control of the keep Solhara has been to this keep before and mm-hmm. managed to sneak in yeah steal some shit and sneak back out and Martisa is like baffled but she's like you did what yeah <laughs> she's also terrified because Solhara's like you're coming with me because you're gonna help me because <laughs> yep. I think the um the impetus oh how you say that okay okay big nice word. word it's one of those words that you read and you know but yeah. you never use it in spoken english Mm-mm. um so she has been translating books in his library and she says hey there's some pages missing and he's like oh it's probably in the lich's lich's keep yes they're missing they're missing in the lich's keep and so he decides that they're going to go there find the missing pages and any other books that may reveal details about corruption's uh, destruction and so they set off mm-hmm. yes and it's kind of fun too because of course, this is fantasy romance. Uh, they're on their way there. Um, she falls asleep while they're riding double Ugh, on a horse. Gag. Um, and uh, they stop at a creek, and uh, she has another "Oh no, he's hot" moment when he like takes his shirt off and like Rippling does the whole, muscles, yeah, uh, like dumps cold water on his body. I mean, like, I would also find it hot, but like, come on. <laughs> do we need do we need her reactions to those? No. Um, I will say it was like, okay, so what you got going on? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> they make it to the Lich's keep. And it's scary as fuck. So yeah. have you dead bodies. Okay. I pictured the scene in the is it 
the first Lord of the Rings or the Two Towers where they're mm-hmm. going through the the dwarves mine. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I imagined. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's populated by like that. Basically, it's a demon. It's the yeah. same kind of setup, and they're hunted and scouted out and mm-hmm. chased out. So yeah. they kind of make it through to the library. They pick up some pages, and then Sahara's like, "We're being hunted," because mm-hmm. <laughs> they have like a moment where, like, uh, in a movie, it would be like when the soundtrack starts of like creepy haunting music and everything mm-hmm. goes still. Um, but you can't really do that in books. But the equivalent. Like, everything's fine, and then it's not. <laughs> I had forgotten about the scene, and then it just popped in my head. And the way she, Grace Draven, describes it is so vivid. Yeah. Um. So they realize that the lich, lich has, you know, you looked it up, and I, you meet, I keep forgetting <laughs> what it sounds like. The lich has yes. woken up and has hunted them. Mm-hmm. And it's too close to run away. So they mm-hmm. tried to run away. It, typical, dramatic, cliche, the cliff crumbles away as yeah. they're running. So, like, Sahara runs away. Artiste chases after him, runs, like, tries to stop, but skids past him and skids off a cliff. Mm-hmm. He catches her. Isn't this a scene in The Mummy? Uh, it's definitely a scene in repeated movies <laughs> <Yeah>. somewhere. <laughs> uh, and, of course, she's like, oh, just drop me. This is a better death than being eaten by the lich. And he's like, fuck you. You got my books. <laughs> <laughs> he does say that. <laughs> yeah, it's very callous. Yeah. But it's also like, it, that's what he would say in the moment yeah. to like get them through. Mm-hmm. So uh, he grabs hold of her arm. He manages to like pull her up, I think. Mm-hmm. And then the lich is so close that there's no way for them to escape except. Yeah, him. he uses the dark arcana. Uh, he uses a spell. <laughs> Can you say that again? Dark arcana. <laughs> That was my announcer voice. Um, so he's this is this um, use this this uh, this spell called half dead. And um, Martise kind of like remarks afterwards that she's like, oh, um, normally a person uses it and then they're like half dead, but he uses it like four or five times. It's basically a teleportation. Yeah. Teleport. <laughs> I kind of imagined um, um, apparating. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So hard on the body, hard on the mind. And he's yeah. doing it with Mart. He, he has this very obviously uh, romantic fantasy moment. Mm-hmm. Hold on to me. Don't let go. <laughs> <laughs> Except also we get the like commentary from Martise where she's like being squeezed alive. Like, yeah. Squeezed. Dead? Well, she feels like her bones are being crushed. Yeah. Uh, during both him holding <laughs> on to her and then during the apparition process. Yeah. So it- like make it hot, but like not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he does it like four or five times mm-hmm. and he like basically ports them through the keep away from the lich and, and they make it to like the courtyard area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's basically dead. Yeah. He's like laying on the ground and she's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And then the lich comes out of the castle and he's like moving towards her creepy, like magnifying in size, like something like metaphysical. Happens. I couldn't. I couldn't visualize what the lich looked like no because she describes it like arachnid like spider yeah that caught me off guard because that's not what i pictured either no Um, but it's this very ominous soul eating Mm -hmm. presence and i think it has like tentacles ew (laughs) i know i don't like that (laughs) um but basically it like tries to like Suck out her soul, and she's like, "Not today!" And her gift Not rises. Today, Isis. <laughs> <laughs> Not today, Isis. <laughs> That's basically what she says. <laughs> Pretty much, her. So, yeah. her gift just decides to show up. Yep. She apparently wasn't what scared. A time. <laughs> it wasn't scared enough with Sahara because yeah. 
he's hot, obviously. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that was a lot. I mean, we'll get to those sounds later yeah, in this part. But... That we will. <laughs> um, but yeah, her gift is scary. Yeah, it pops out in kind of like just yeets, mercs, destroys, disseminates the yeah. lich. Like It's yeet. like this all-powerful force that is has its own... Um, Conscience? Yeah. Conscious? Because it's kind of described as something separate from her. Yeah, like an entity that has been living within her that has its own life form. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, murders the lich instead. (laughs) This is, this lich has uh, terrified um, people. Centuries, yeah. yeah, and the conclave won't go near it. Like, yeah, and Martise, little plain servant girl, yeah. is like, mm, gift, bitch, <laughs> <laughs> gift, bitch. <laughs> uh, I think that's our episode title. <laughs> gift, bitch. Gift, bitch. <laughs> there we go. I love it. Um, but yeah, that's what happens. So, uh, the lich is dead. Oh, like the witch is dead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and but Zahara is also um, almost dead. Yeah, not not doing well. <laughs> so this scene was also pretty standard for fantasy romances. Hero is almost dead. Heroine mm-hmm. loses her mind. Oh my god, don't die on me! And he, yeah. she like rushes towards him, drags him onto the horse, manages. He like wakes up enough, right, to mm-hmm. be like, oh, Martise. <laughs> yeah, basically, because her. Uh, power is like giving him life again yeah it's like she channels it into him and it's enough to save him in that moment yeah but it's also kind of like oh it's like pretty tropey and then we get his perspective on it like somewhat during the mill or something and again it's one of these like intimate scenes that you're like i probably shouldn't be watching this because he's kind of describing like her essence being like surrounding him (laughs) i'm like what does that mean but it's provocative picturing a different scene where she he's also using her gift oh i think that happens next but that's also provocative oh my god like i felt yeah it's it's a lot so i like that she used like a blackout technique on Mm -hmm. this scene because she gets them on the horse they go back to neath yeah and done we're done with the with the lich's keep Mm -hmm. which that could have been a much longer yeah episode uh though i feel like we should mention so like during this trip silhara has like a scar around his neck that makes his voice kind of like gravelly which like (laughs) okay (laughs) please oh so yeah that's a nice contrast between Mm -hmm. martise's voice which is very like yeah soft and i imagine like soft melodic kind of nice to listen to yeah but his voice is always raspy and gravelly Mm -hmm. and like as if he's both smoking and choking on something (laughs) (laughs) yes uh but he kind of reveals why that happened and basically he was like garroted 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 i don't know um like when you get like yeeted from behind around your neck with with like a yeah um and it happened when he was a kid and that's when his magical powers manifested he like turned into like a column of holy fire or something (laughs) etc um but it's kind of sad because he was trying to steal an orange which is like the great like pulling everything back towards his orange grove um but he like reveals that like halfway through through the something. ride or on the way yeah. yeah i think it's halfway through on the mm-hmm. way to the lich's escape yeah so handsome in an interesting way and has an interesting voice like okay yeah <laughs> also tragic backstory <laughs> like <laughs> everything is fine yeah after they get back to 
Neith, um, this is Silhara kind of being like, oh, now we know what your gift is. Mm -hmm. Because this was like part two of the ongoing mystery with, okay, they're trying to defeat corruption, but also help Martise find her gift if she has it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's pretty... It's pretty bad for Martise, actually. Yeah. Because um, they kind of have this interaction where it's like a day or two later. And they've been like testing in the morning to try to figure out where her powers is. And then she does her errands in the afternoon, etc. Except that morning, now that they know what her power is, she's like, okay, like, let me harness it. And they're kind of like embracing or like touching hands or something when she pulls it out. And that sounds weird. So um, doesn't he ask her to do like a bond? Oh, yeah. Is this the seer bond This part? is the seer bond where she's initially very leery of it. Oh, yeah. It 100% is. Oh, as you should be. <laughs> she, like, So yeah. she knows about the seer bond from the conclave, which is, I feel like, opening your brain and soul. So it's when a more powerful mage, like, asks to let, basically let your mental and emotional guards down to, like, see into your gift mm -hmm. and take control of it. Mm -hmm. And so Silhara's like, we need to do that. Test your gift. And she's like, fuck no. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> but you're hot, so I'll say yes. Um, basically. <laughs> and, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. So her gift comes out. He gets attached to it a little too much. Yeah. Again, it's one of those, like, intimate moments mm -hmm. that you're like, whoa. <laughs> so this is both intimate and a little spicy because this yeah. is kind of, like, the first scene where the physical stuff starts happening mm -hmm. yeah. and it felt it felt a little gross i could see that because it's kind of one of those like questionable not questionable consent but like what's really going on here like maybe like faded mates energy i i think i took issue with the amount of description given with how he responds yeah. to her which is like i don't I don't need to know that. <laughs> yeah. That is forbidden like, knowledge. That, that's a little bit too much in the male perspective yeah. where I'm like, no. I'm okay. So we're very much talking around what Silhara does during this seer bond yeah. magical thing. But I don't, nope, I'm not going to say that loud. <laughs> no. I can't. I haven't had enough alcohol uh, for that. Do you want to try it? Uh, <laughs> he has a boner and he's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> doing things. <laughs> I'm sweaty. <laughs> it's, you know, this it's, isn't even in the scene yet. Girl, all the clones stay on in this. <laughs> yeah. So it's questionable. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, And he kind of even like jokes about it, though, which I appreciate afterwards because he basically like compares it. He's like, um, you're more generous with your gift than a prostitute showing a full bag of money. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a little. Ugh. It yeah. felt a little icky. Yeah. And I think it felt icky because of the level of detail provided, yeah. not necessarily because of the what actually happens. Yeah. And uh, it probably was maybe like trying to be a little bit icky because like it as a concept is a little bit icky the whole like seer bond thing mm -hmm. and so i think i appreciated the fact that grace draven didn't make this like more like it kind of was very intimate very like um because she's so powerless yeah it feels gross but also like using that verbiage verbiage feels gross yeah and i don't know if it's meant to be provocative in a good way or if it's meant to display how gross this ac thing actually is yeah that's what's hard for me to take away from this scene yeah because i i read this and i'm like this is not what i like to read <laughs> um, i'm not enjoying this i don't like this 
if it's Grace Draven attempting to show how uh, vulnerable she is as a character in this moment, mm. great. Yeah. I also don't need words like that. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't. I was about to say something that sounded super weird, but it's not. Like, there's no like. There's no kissing scenes. Yeah. Before this at all, this is it. Yeah. Like you go from pretty platonic interactions. Yeah. To this. Yeah. Which is ugh, gross. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what happens. So that scene questionable, happens. but also kind of necessary. We were talking mm-hmm. this about this little offline, which is one of our favorite scenes. It's yeah. problematic, but there's a scene that happens before our favorite scene, though. Uh, the freaky thing comes out of corruption's powers and comes into her room at night. And she's like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. It's the creepy guy that you described with the hands. Oh, that are too with long. the long. Ooh, Slender Man. <laughs> Slender Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. This is kind of a cute scene, though, like it, in the aftermath. It kind of is because it's interesting, too, now that we've had that discussion about how it was a little bit like grody because she wasn't in control of anything. Because this next scene is, you know, probably like a couple days later. Um, She's sleeping. She wakes up in the middle of the night. Something's wrong. And a manifestation of corruption's power kind of appears and he's the guy with the too long of hands freaky only a mouth no eyes it's like he sensed her gift Mm -hmm. like appear and so he's like huh this is an interesting addition to the neath household yeah i think he says that (laughs) or something along those lines i am the reincarnation of corruption (laughs) (laughs) she did the like arms out and everything (laughs) that was awesome that's how you know i've had a little too many shots Uh that's that's fine fine. that's fine and she kind of like destroys him with her power or whatever um but then silhara like kind of like comes in he's like what the fuck and she's like what the fuck and they kind of use her gift but then she stops her gift and then he kind of gets like the backwash of her gift and then he's like and then there's no gift happening though and he kind of like snaps and then they make out aggressively Uh, that's a great way to put it (laughs) like it's very aggressive yeah like, so their makeout session feels more um, explicit than some mm-hmm. of, like, full sex scenes I've read in other books. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. But it's an interesting delineation because in that first um, kind of more explicit scene, um, she doesn't have any kind of, like, control. Like, she's under the power of her magic or whatever. But in this scene, um, she has, like, stopped her power and there may be kind of, like, after effects maybe but it's mostly they're both in control of their actions and so i think it's a good contrast to that first scene of like them not and then this time them being like actual people who are you know responsible for their actions and decision making but yeah it's also raunchy (laughs) very and this is kind of like a good glimpse into how raunchy it will get in the future yeah and we're not even describing it as like as raunchy we as can't we can't with a straight <laughs> face but uh. yeah it's a lot i feel like um i didn't think i was a victorian woman until, <laughs> until I read the scene. yeah until i had to um into a podcast talk about thrusting against skirts <laughs> welcome to my world lady <laughs> <laughs> oh no jordan has accents now <laughs> oh god no i don't twisted no. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, but now it's both Jordan and I's favorite part because um, we have, you know, uh, problematic uh, expectations of reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love for overly aggressive uh, so random if, moments. <laughs> if we get to the okay, b- we're going right into our favorite scene. Yeah, there's a little bit of buildup. Yeah. So it is harvest time. Harvest time. Harvest time. Fall sweaters. Oranges. <laughs> so, but yes. So, Silhara is like, we need to take the oranges to market. We need to get dry goods for the winter, et cetera, et cetera. Load up the cart, Gurn. Mm-hmm. Let's go shopping. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that she's embarrassed that they like made out, and he's like, whatever. Yeah, he's but re- also like, mm, not whatever. No, <laughs> he's like constantly in conflict internally over mm-hmm. his attraction to her because he's always like. She's plain, but she has a nice voice. I she's plain, but she's got a gift. Like it's <laughs> it makes me kind of like irritated. Like people can be plain and also you can be attracted to them. That's that's fine. Or, <laughs> or it's just different types of attractiveness. Mm-hmm. Like it's not plainness. It's just oh, they don't look like your standard ideal of beauty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, in deep here. <laughs> There are some times that I am. um, Oh my god! I'm gonna take the shot first. I took a shot because it took me way too long to catch (laughs) on to what you just said. That's Um, fair. uh, I I will pour the next shots. You've been pouring all of the other ones. That's fair. You want to continue? Um. Yeah. So. Oh, my thought before I took a shot and immediately died. Um. I'm sometimes I'm like editing these episodes and I feel like I've become more self conscious of the sounds that I've made. Um. Because. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because there are um, some noises that leave my body that upon re-listening to them, I'm like, this should not be in recorded format for the world to listen to. I had to step away from the mic while she said that. And I had to come back because <laughs> I adore the Katie sound effects. And so do most of our coworkers. I, yeah, but there's, okay, so there's Katie sound effects. And then there's also the questionably erotic sounding like size that we make. <laughs> Because there are some noises that I'm like, I like blush as I'm listening to them. Um, But everything is fine. Now I have a new thing to listen for. So thanks, Katie. Okay, you also make them. We both, this this podcast is filled of questionable size. Oh, no. Okay, well, um, there's about to be a few more questionable size. Oh, there is. I, okay, so they decide to go shopping. They make a shopping trip Mm -hmm. to the market, sell Mm -hmm. their shit. Mm -hmm. And... You're like, get to the good part. Get to the good part. <laughs> well, I also really loved how Silhara was like, you're wearing hand-me-downs. Yeah. Buy yourself some new stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and he it w- does it in his like gruff way. He's like, here's some fucking money. Go shopping. <laughs> it's it's cute. It's adorable. Yeah. So she and Gurn are kind of wandering around the market, getting stuff as they need. And she kind of, uh, she's she runs into an old flame. Yeah. This is... Speaking of grody, yeah, this dude. It's also sad. Yeah. Because I feel like everyone has kind of had like a similar... I feel like most people have this kind of, maybe not this experience, but this Mm -hmm. kind of um, past to look up on. So previously, I think in her youth, maybe like 18, 19, Mm -hmm. she basically had a hookup with the stable boy. Yeah. And stable boy, I pictured the blonde hero from Shrek. What's his name? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Prince Charming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Prince Charming. So, and that's how, what's his name? 
the character's name here? Oh, Balian. Balian. So Balian is described as this handsome, mm-hmm. lawn Brad Pitt type who's mm-hmm. very confident, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so he and Martise had a relationship when they were very young. Mm-hmm. And was it at that time that she overheard him? I don't know that she overheard him, but it was one of those like relationships where you know it was one-sided. Like he was kind of like backhanded compliments and he was like, oh my God, I like love you so much. And then- they had sex a couple times and he's like, anyways, I have stuff I got to do. Bye. Yeah. So it's been like 10 years yeah. since that happened. And then they run into each other in this marketplace. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and he is very much like, a, oh, hello, Martise. Like, yeah. we should renew our past relationship. Here's my hotel room key card. Like, yeah. that's basically what he does to her. Except he gives her like a backhanded compliment, too. He's like something like oh i see that you look the same as you did before like something that's like okay fuckhead it's like, pretty shitty <laughs> we're gonna fight <laughs> yeah and so martise kind of just shrugs it off mm-hmm. and i feel like she's heard that a lot throughout her life yeah uh, and uh, balian goes off as well and so mm-hmm. that's kind of the end they have this very yeah. minor interaction in the market mm-hmm. she's like no i'm not interested buddy sorry like also i am very attracted to this all-powerful mage who yeah. will destroy you yeah um, but she also like inadvertently like savaged him she's like oh i see that you like also haven't done anything and he's like oh oh, Oh, i forgot about that part yeah yeah because it's like one of those like you go girl like fuck him up (laughs) yeah because i think he implied that she hadn't made anything like she's like you're still a slave right and Mm -hmm. she's like well you're still a stable boy right (laughs) he's like that's not fair (laughs) yeah uh they part ways in the marketplace Mm -hmm. and so her and gurn finish up their business and so all three of them agreed to kind of reunite at the, I guess, picnic area is the best way to describe this. Uh, That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Like a bunch of picnic tables. Yeah. And everyone was just hanging out, drinking beer, eating lunch, having yes. tacos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so she's making her way to this group marketplace picnic area. And then she stops because she sees that Sulhara is sitting at a picnic table and he's kind of sitting sideways on a bench. Mm-hmm. So straddling it halfway and he's peeling an apple. And if that is not the hottest I, thing. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to sound so weird here because like, no, no, no. whatever reason that was like super hot. It's the picture of, <laughs> it's the picture of like anyone. And I think part of it is probably you're supposed to sit a certain way. And yeah. he's deliberately not. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to rebel and sit straddle <sighs> this bench. And then he's peeling an apple with a knife. <laughs> straddle this bench. <laughs> My uh, brain. It's fine. It's fine. Everybody he, thinks this is hot. It's fine. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you don't think it's hot, please tell us because uh, we're weird, apparently. Uh, <laughs> So she's observing him, and then yeah. she immediately notices that sitting at the same table, it's like a communal table. Yeah, uh, they do that here, like in real life. Like, oh, no, 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 fuck no! <laughs> I do like, not. I want. would, I would see that and be like, I'll take takeout, please, <laughs> yeah. and eat it in my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do that exclusively. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So Balian and his like groupies are yeah. sitting at the same table as Sahara, uh. and so they're sitting on one end. Sahara's like minding his own business, peeling his apple, mm-hmm. sexy. Uh, yes <laughs> sexily peeling apples and Balian is kind of relaying his previous interaction oh I ran into my old flame Artiste and she was like super hot in bed but mm-hmm. like real little fun in the face oh. um, and she gets close enough to hear overhear like this conversation because he also like says basically like it doesn't matter if you turn the lights off you can't tell and it's like bro i would destroy you yeah (laughs) uh well and his buddy 
his buddy, I think, is the one that says, like, just fuck her in the dark, man. <laughs> Can you imagine overhearing that? I uh, There are moments when I realize, like, what feminine rage is. And this is one of those moments that I would turn into some, like, demonic summoned, like, Katie <laughs> is putting her arms out like, I will summon yeah. hellfire for you. <laughs> I will destroy you. <laughs> but what's notable about this, like, thing that she overhears, right, mm-hmm. is the fact that Balian is relaying about how hot Bartice is because of her voice. Yeah. Because like, he doesn't use her name. Yeah. He's just like, oh my God. She, uh, this is the line where, like, <laughs> she had a voice that would make a man come. Yeah. That little oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is fine. And so there's Sulhara casually like not making eye contact, Mm -hmm. peeling his apple Mm -hmm. on the end of the bench, listening to this conversation. And there's Martise standing at a distance, also overhearing this conversation. Face pale, sweaty, like, oh no. Yeah. (laughs) That's embarrassing. So she avoids the table. She's like, I'll get with Sulhara later. Like, (laughs) this is not a good time. (laughs) This isn't going to work. And then, so I think his buddy says says that final line about like just... In the dark. And Silhara, like, in a viper flash, takes the... Or no. No, he cleans the knife first. Because I think that's the other hot part. It's that it's very methodical. He, like, stops peeling the apple, puts the apple down, cleans the knife on his leg, and then... Bam! (laughs) In the hand, straight through to the table, pins that motherfucker's... uh Everything is fine. So, obviously, (laughs) Katie and I found this scene very hot. (laughs) And if that doesn't speak to um, unhealthy expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is our problematic moment. Yeah. (laughs) And we acknowledge that. We understand. So, here's the preface, is that if a dude is willing to resort to violence so quickly in your name. Yeah. Not a dude you should be with. Yeah. That's a dude who hasn't learned healthy coping mechanisms with the world. Yeah. Uh, but in fantasy romance, we will 100% uh-huh. take Eat that. up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he destroys Balian. So, yep. um, yeah, stabs him <laughs> in the hand through the wood. Yep. Proceeds to, like, rip him apart verbally. Yep. And then Balian has, like, an ego moment. Like, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I don't know if you, like, noticed this. But um, so there's this, like, TikTok thing about, like, school fights. And it's always the guy takes off his shirt. And as he's taking off his shirt, he just gets, like, the shit beat out of him. Because it's, like, I guess a thing to take your shit off during fights. But, like, for weirdos. Um, but Balian does this. Oh, does he really? <laughs> <laughs> there is it's described that he takes his shirt off and then he's going to fight Silhara. <laughs> and Silhara's like, bitch, please. What? <laughs> so like they get into like a base like a fist uh, fight yeah. in the public square. And there's like a crowd yeah, around them. And Martise is watching, she's like, What? <laughs> oh is my going god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> but Silhara beats the shit out of him. Yeah. And like fucked up. Very casually, like with very minimal effort on his part. Mm-hmm. And basically makes it clear, like, basically don't be a dick. Yeah. You're being a dick. Yeah. Um, but it's without any like this is my woman nonsense. Yeah. It's just Silhara, like, <laughs> I felt like beating you to a pulp today. I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> Yeah. And the best part is so at the end of this fight, um, Balian does something, Selhara does something, and then Balian's pinned on the ground, Selhara's on his back. And he like rips up his head. So his head is like facing up to the crowd. And he has his knife in his hand. And he's like, oh, I think like we should do something so that like the ugliest on the inside is like reflected on the outside. And I have it um, quoted. So basically, he's like, carves a giant like line in Balian's face and he says don't fret boy no one will notice if you fuck in the dark bro my soul left my body (laughs) 
Sahara for the win. Oh my God. Touchdown. <laughs> I've been playing a little too much fantasy football lately. That's fair. Oh my God, bro. I. Um, <laughs> Katie is crying right now. <laughs> this scene did more for me than any of the other ones before it. <laughs> this scene is okay. So there are spicy scenes uh, in the future of this book. This is the one of the most memorable scenes I've yeah. read yeah. in fantasy romance. Yeah. And I think it speaks to like the buildup of the intimacy between yeah. the two characters. Not like, so this scene is impactful, mm -hmm. but if we didn't have that, uh, uh, romantic, intimate buildup and the relationship be mm -hmm. between these two established, this wouldn't mean as much. Mm -hmm. So this is like the culminating, like, Sahara standing up for Martise. Yeah. Because throughout the book to this point, he's been kind of like, not against his will, but he's been like, oh, like, uh, she's plain, I don't like her, but like also that voice and like, oh, she's plain, but like, she's got a nice body, but like, oh, she's plain, but she's like kind of snarky and really smart, like, whatever. And then you get this scene that you actually get the insight of like, he will fight someone for her. Like, it's the respect behind it. He's like, ain't nobody gonna talk about her this way. I will destroy you. And it's just this like, oh, everything is fine. <laughs> oh. It's okay. Yeah. We're okay. <laughs> I'm coherent maybe a little bit this now. This is the entirety of part two for us for <sighs> this book. Oh, God, yeah. Jesus. Everything is fine. If you just make it to the scene, I remember. So when I was doing the the reread for the session, um, just powering through these pages to get to the scene because I knew <laughs> yep. it was coming. I'm like, oh. It just <sighs> it hits home. It does. Because I feel like everyone's wanted that moment of like someone that you know is kind of a bully that like really makes you vulnerable and kind of exploits that vulnerable vulnerability and is just a dick and you're like but really hurts you deep in your soul and i feel like you've always wanted that moment of like that happens in the movie that like the bad guy gets what's coming to him um so it was kind of like a living manifestation of that of like he got what's coming to him like you're gonna be a dick and abuse people and use them um you're going to get a scar carved into your cheek so you're no longer beautiful <laughs> like it's also i think impactful that this doesn't really happen in real life. Mm -hmm. Not ever. How many yeah. times have you been stood up for? Like someone has wronged you in front of your face mm -hmm. and you have felt hurt and someone has seen that, witnessed that and done something about it for you. Yeah. Uh, zero times. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's why I think these kinds of um, scenes have such impact to readers is mm -hmm. because this this doesn't happen in real life and probably shouldn't happen in real <laughs> yeah, life. for legal purposes. Yeah. <laughs> well, but also, like, most people have, a like, public standards of decency. Like, you're yeah. not going to talk about that. Like, most people are smart enough not to do that kind of shit in public. So it is definitely a fantasy, but my God, what a fantasy. <laughs> yeah, so enjoyable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of cute, too, because it's immediately followed by a more, like, sentimental, emotional moment. Um, they're staying in an inn for the night. Um, it's not the one-bed trope, sadly. Uh, but oh, yeah, all three of them are in the same room, <laughs> like, Gurn included. Yeah. It's like a, a like a public room, like, everyone's yeah. sleeping in there. But they're both awake, and kind of Silhara kind of has this, like, um, emotional vulnerability moment where he tells um, uh, Martise about this, like, kind of really fucked up thing with his mom um and it it kind of explains his actions too of why he chose such a violent path like right off the beat 
But basically, his mom kind of sent him out on an errand um, while she took a customer. And he's like, it's kind of weird. So he, um, it happened again and again and again. And he's like, okay, this time I'm going to see like what's going on. Like, this is weird. I forgot about this. Yeah. Scene. This is rough. This is really fucked up. So basically, his he watched through, you know, like a crack in the wall or something of his mom working for this customer. And basically, the customer kind of treated his mom like literal garbage. Like, this man is absolutely like a sociopath basically she had or he had her like walk around on the floor on arms and legs and he like pissed on her and then like you know finished on the floor and had her lick it up and um basically Solhara ends that with like yeah um I feel bad about some of the decisions I've made but like killing him was not something that I feel bad about and as you're reading it you're like yeah he should have been like murdered in a really gruesome horrible way because uh what the fuck but it also kind of like explains his actions during the market because like if he has seen such a personal like horrific act happened to someone like close to him it would explain the fact that he would like have a really visceral response to something that's like very like dehumanizing and like uh dehumanizing like horrible horrific like sociopathic like it would explain like a trigger almost and it's interesting because like I feel like some books have these trigger moments where, like, the male love interest does something, like, crazy off the bat. They're like, oh, that's kind of hot. But they never really explain it as, like, specifically. But this kind of showed that he had an action and then he explained the trigger and it's like, okay, like... Yeah, you still, like, committed a felony, but, like, also I kind of (laughs) understand. Well... reason yeah. being that his actions weren't entirely motivated by romantic feeling yeah like i think that has some value to it right mm-hmm. uh, because if it's just the oh this is my woman i'm protecting her no this is um my mother was uh traumatized yeah because she couldn't help herself she was you know uh trying to provide for her family through mm-hmm. this work and was brutalized yeah so Ugh. yeah Silhara's reaction oh. to uh balian is given his traumatic past yeah it's yeah. like explainable at yeah. least and doesn't seem as much of an overreaction given <laughs> i mean it's an overreaction but right but basing it just in romantic interest seems yeah. shallow mm-hmm. so but then you get this like deeper side and you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah um but basically you know that whole trip is culminated um oh, it gets real um there's always like this scene, like this next scene where it's the hero or heroine has this um, crisis, internal crisis <laughs> about like, I can't be attracted to this other yeah. person. Um, yeah. So uh, do you want to talk about this part or should I try? Um, I, will, I will try. So they get <clears throat> back from the marketplace. Everything seems to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And like. Martise is still processing, it seems like. She's like, this is our, we're in an unusual relationship dynamic between Silhara and I. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. Like, we had this great makeout session. He protected me in the market. Uh, he has been vulnerable with me about his mom. Yeah. Like, what are we? And uh, <laughs> What are we? <laughs> so that's Martise. And Sahara is panicking. He's like, I don't want to be involved with anyone. Clearly, I just need to get laid. Like, that's his reaction. <laughs> like, why am I protecting this plain woman? Like, why am yeah. I interested? So he 
He tells Gern, um, <laughs> he says, Gern, I need you to go to the market and I need you to go to the temple of um, hotness, basically. <laughs> <laughs> the temple of hotness. Uh, yeah. Is that a shot? Uh, that might be. I'll just go ahead. Just and- take that. <laughs> uh, so go to the temple and bring me back the finest looking or no, he says, bring me back a, a prostitute who looks like Martise. Yeah. He's like the same height, um, same delicate build. features, a little bit, you know, um, a nice voice. And Gurn is like, bro, are you? Are you fucking kidding me? He's <laughs> like signing real? it like, fuck you, bro. Uh, and he's mad too, which like. Gern is absolutely like a good best friend. He's like, bro. This is not a good move. <laughs> and Silhara knows it's not a good move, but he's like, just fucking do it. I need, I need to breathe. <laughs> so God bless Gern. I love this. <laughs> Describe this next part. So Gern comes back, you know, everything's normal. And it's kind of sad because Silhara is like having an existential crisis basically because mm-hmm. he's like, oh, hey, Martise, um, we're having a guest. Can you like prepare a room? And she's like, uh, okay, sure. And he's like, oh, you weren't supposed to say sure. You're supposed to be like kind of upset about it. And then um, he asked her to do something out. Oh, she made like a really beautiful lunch. And she's like, oh, I know like you're not feeling well. Like here's this great like flavorful soup. And he's like, fuck I'm a horrible human being (laughs) and then Gern walks in and the lady behind him her name is Anya beautiful (laughs) the single most beautiful person in the entire world I could not okay so I pictured based on what she was described as Mm -hmm. like Kim Kardashian yeah like a Kim Kardashian or what was the love interest in that one James Bond movie um she was also in the First glass onion. Um, oh, but see, I don't picture her as like uh, classically. I could beautiful. I could see that. Yeah, I pictured just Princess Jasmine, like a hundred percent. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I think that's how she's described. And it's kind of funny because instead of being like, "Oh my god, I have this like super hot um prostitute in my house now that I'm gonna go sleep with," um, he's immediately like. Why is she so hot? I cannot imagine how much money this is costing. <laughs> I love that that was his first reaction. This is an expensive night. Like, yeah. girl, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. And like the whole time he's like, you're going to be, you're going to starve for the rest of the season. <laughs> this is your fault, bud. But it kind of speaks to like some of Silhara's practicality a little yeah. bit. Like he's not. Because I think he even says, he's like, I was just looking for someone that didn't have the pox, and you brought me, like, the head of the brothel. <laughs> yeah. And Gerd is very satisfied with himself. He's, he's like, super, you he's wanted... like, well, isn't that uh, not fun, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, this, I for, do, you, do you have her name? Anya? Anya. Mm-hmm. So, Anya is actually very sweet. Yeah, I liked her character, because I think it also does justice to sex workers who are people, too. This is just their profession. They're people. Um, they do this as a job. Like, they get paid for it, but that's just their job. Like, anybody else has a job. Um, I think it did justice to that mm-hmm. fact, instead of just saying, like, oh, my God, she's a prostitute. She, like, loves sex and is a horrible person, et cetera, et cetera. Like, no, this is just her job. She's a person outside of this that has feelings and emotions and can love people and etc. Anyways, so Anya, my, uh, <laughs> anyways, Anya joins them for dinner and she's very kind and gracious. And Martise is having this internal like <sighs> self doubt. Am I not good enough? Like what is going on? She's like, uh, obviously, I'm not good enough. Like I don't look like her. And she's just picturing Solhara and Anya together in the room that she prepared for them. God. And 
I feel like uh, getting like real here, I feel like everyone's kind of had that moment where you're like kind of attracted to someone and then you see their spouse and you're like, everything is fine. (laughs) (laughs) But you just like that. um, I think it's like disappointment, but that kind of like dropping feeling in your stomach of like, oh, okay, like this is fine. Or even when like someone you're interested in, it has like the person they're interested in. You're like, okay. (laughs) Well, I think it's going from like, a slight amount of hope Mm -hmm. to reality setting in. Yeah. Like, because this is hope dying for my (laughs) face. Yeah. (laughs) But I think everyone, like you said, everyone has felt that way. Like, oh, you like, for example, you only confess your love if you think there's hope that they're going to return it. Yeah. Like people who don't confess know that it's like they're not going to get the (laughs) response that they want. Right. (laughs) Um, So I think imagine Martise was probably like, oh, we had this romantic moment and also the marketplace and also, oh, fuck. Yeah. Because it's double sad when you think about her experience with Balian, who like she thought that he actually loved her and then he's like no i was just teasing you because you got like a hot voice and a nice bod and she's like okay men are horrible and then she's like oh this guy is like kind of okay and he's kind of hot and like oh my god we kind of made out and then he's like i'm going to sleep with this prostitute who is the single most beautiful woman on the planet and you're like okay (laughs) everything is fine Yeah. Uh, so Silhara takes Anya back to her guest room. Yeah. They, and he does something really <laughs> okay. Up. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, uh, so like they're starting to get it on a little bit, and like <laughs> Silhara can't quite get it up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, but yeah. it's true. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, "Hey, Anya, don't freak out, but look at this mirror. <laughs> um, I'm gonna do something." And like he does like this magic illusion spell and mm-hmm. makes her look like Martise. And like Anya's like, oh boy, you got bigger problems than I do. (laughs) It's funny because that's exactly her response. She's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I see what's going on here. (laughs) And he keeps trying and keeps failing. And um, so, in short, uh, nothing happens really between Anya and Sahara. And he's like, fuck this. How about you go make my servant happy since he brought you all the way here? (laughs) Uh, So he tells Anya to go to Gurn. Yep. And apparently Gurn's quite talented. I, okay, so that development in this story was so satisfying and like, okay, I didn't know I needed that, but that's adorable. Because I think he like knocks on his door and he like wakes up with like a crudgel. Oh, he's naked. (laughs) He's fucking bare ass naked. And Anya is like, oh. Because Gurn is (laughs) seven to eight feet tall with the accompanying parts. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And that's a cute development because, you know, it kind of fades to black a little bit. And the next morning, it's super sad. But Martise's face is puffy because she's been crying the whole night and like, oh, my girl. And she comes down to dinner and she sees Anya and Gurn are like kind of like handsy. And she's like, uh, what? that's kind of gross. But like, OK, do you guys have a <laughs> Like, what is happening? <laughs> and uh, Anya is such a girl's girl um i love this she's immediately like oh so like how long have you been here like oh so hard he's like kind of hot right like you kind of like got something going on with him right and obviously martise is like what the fuck is happening right now but also um anya is like yeah he uh you know he like really likes you and like gurn amazing in bed you know how it is <laughs> and gurn is like kind of blushing <laughs> yeah. but very satisfied with himself obviously he's like i did that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's adorable. I just love that they're over and over again, like, because Gurn communicates with his hands. Mm-hmm. And he's like, 
he's very talented with his hands. <laughs> That's like an ongoing like trope it the, is whole all, the whole time. The rest of the book is just Gern, Gern's hands. Yep. <laughs> Gern's good with the hands. <laughs> and it's kind of funny too because they're all sitting down to breakfast and it's kind of like overcast out, but the clouds are starting to go away. It's going to be like a warm afternoon. And Salhara like sprints down the stairs like, no! Katie is sprinting in place right now. Her hands are going. <laughs> he's like sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. And he runs outside and he's like, no, my grove needs water. And so he goes like full like sorcerer magician and like calls down a storm. I just pictured, have you seen, uh, <laughs> this is bad. Have you seen Fantasia? Yeah. The original Fantasia, not Fantasia 2000. Oh, no, I've only seen Fantasia 2000. Oh. And only in like a fever dream. Like, was... Yeah, well, that's how you watch Fantasia. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> but the original Fantasia has The Sorcerer's Apprentice, oh. uh, which is like a actual classical score. Uh-huh. But it's Mickey in his like apprentice <laughs> things, like calling down like there's a, a rainstorm. <laughs> and so I just pictured Sahara looking like a Mickey Mouse. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse here is like, you will fucking come down. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So he calls a storm down and Anya is like inside like, what the fuck is happening? Like, nobody should be able to like do uh, storm magic. Like, what have I walked into? Um, Martise like runs outside. She's like, you're a fucking idiot. Um, but it rains. Everything's fine. Um, Salhara is like tired, but he comes back inside and he's like, okay, Gurn, uh, there's not much we can do outside because it's raining. Enjoy Anya, but like, let's be clear, I'm not paying for, uh, today's extra day, uh, because otherwise you'll have to like, you know, go on our little caravan thing in the rain and be miserable, or you could stay here and, uh, pretend that this is just a friendly visit. And Anya's like, <laughs> um, my man's Gurn, uh, has got good hands. This will be fine. I'm just staying friends. You know, this is just a little social visit free of charge (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and then we get kind of this like again awkwardly intimate moment where um silhara kind of like tells uh, matri or matri (laughs) (laughs) how uh drink (laughs) yeah that's fair i'll take half of this if you want to continue the rest of the scene uh (laughs) i don't even know where we are anymore uh he tells her to like dry her hair by the fire oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) this scene is so cute Uh, so um i still don't know what happens (laughs) um so she like gets dry clothes on Comes and sit by the fires, brushing out her hair. And Sahara's kind of like staring at her. And it's like one of those like loaded moments. Like, I'm going to go find someone else, like somewhere else to be. This is kind of like obviously something intimate going on. Um, She brushes out her hair. Doesn't she brush out his hair? Yeah, it's that trope. Because also, like, let's be real, though. um, Legolas's hair, like, I would want to brush that, too. (laughs) I forgot your Legolas thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, like. That's satisfying. Well, if you've ever had your hair brushed by another person, uh, yeah, it's mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See again, okay. <laughs> Did you hear your voice during? It is. <laughs> it's deserved. It's but. so nice. Yep, yep. Um, so we get that intimate moment. Um, et cetera, et cetera, and then like <laughs> sex scene ensues. Okay. So yeah, so there's like <laughs> an intimacy building between like the hair brushing and Sahara being like, brush my hair, please. Yeah. And then they kind of like fall into each other. Yeah. And then proceed into a very raunchy. Yeah. Sex super scene. Raunchy. Um, it's uh, yeah. So I we were trying to remember the word <laughs> that was used repeatedly. Repeatedly? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but yes, repeatedly. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so this is kind of a warning for you readers. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we gave you enough warning in the beginning so you don't overly commit to this book. Yeah. Explicit is putting it mildly. Yeah, this is, um, I think, more smutty than a, uh, the like, um, court of silver, silver flames. flames or whatever. It's just, it's the amount of detail yeah. given, and I think it's probably this perspective switching. Oh, because, I, yeah. yeah, you get it from his perspective, and you also <laughs> get it from her perspective. <laughs> 360 view. Uh, yeah, um, not something to read in front of other people. No, uh uh-uh. uh. Um, no, please don't. <laughs> Unless you're like freaky like that. But um. so if I have any issues with this book, because I, mm. I did enjoy this book. Mm-hmm. It was a very quick read. Mm-hmm. I skimmed these, this section. And this is a big section. Yeah. Uh, she dedicates a lot of time to <laughs> yes. um, these scenes. And I felt like I felt like it was a little too vulgar. And maybe that's just me, Victoria Lady. And this is not a commentary. <laughs> if you like these kinds of scenes, if you like spicier books, I am not judging. This is just not my cup of tea mm-hmm. to read and enjoy. It just, because we get 60 to 70% of the book that's not this, it yeah. felt kind of jarring. I could see that because it was kind of jarring that they go from like, kind of like flirting around with each other, but not acknowledging anything to all of a sudden they're uh, the most memorable. <laughs> proceed, Katie. Uh, uh, he fucks around the carpet and she gets a rug burn on her back because so enthusiastic and uh again because grace draven is the queen of one-liners um he says later i don't need you on your back for anything matrice uh unless you want to go stargazing with me (laughs) oh my god yeah so it's a little bit like out of left field almost that they just all of a sudden are going into this very explicit uh sex scene but like okay (laughs) i just i felt like it was somewhat out of place yeah with this book but i think it also might stem from the fact that this happens at the like 45 55 60 percent mark and we're probably used to scenes like this happening at the like 85 90 percent it was later on in the book it's not it's like halfway through because um there's still the whole culmination of everything else that happens so this is it like i i want to say it's like 45 percent mark if not 40 percent yeah i don't like that that's fair but also um so let me just say is a woman who like decently enjoys like smutty stuff this is the most bang for your buck uh (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) jordan is dying (laughs) wheezing Um, she's also taking a shot very gracefully. Um, but like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you get the most tension and build up and then <laughs> culmination without having to spend 500 pages. I will never hear more bang for your buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's both, uh, literally and metaphorically. Um, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I feel a little traumatized. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have one of those like advertisements. Like if you have been um, emotionally traumatized yeah. by the podcast, not another heroine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All uh, right. But that's where I think we're going to end this episode. Yep. So everyone can. Um, I was about to say something super bad. Fan <laughs> uh, yourself. Um, and we will come back for a culmination of the actual plot, not the smut. 
but both actually. Uh, that's fair because I think there's more. Smutty there things. is more good plot though. <laughs> yeah. Like there's actual action. That, actual action. Uh, uh, both. In both terms. Yep, there's things that happen. <laughs> anyway, from our shelf to yours. We'll see you on the next page. Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening. Bussin'. <laughs>